Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Let's uh, look to God's Word today. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the ascension and um, what that means to us when Jesus ascended back into heaven. So I'm going to have a lot of scripture there, and um, but some of the points, if you want them, I'll probably go quicker than what you can write them if you're interested. Just email us at godgivesyouhope at gmail.com. One of the things is, is my notes aren't written in transcript, but there's enough in there that if for, you know you wanted them or you wanted to think about them, you can read through them and get enough from it. There's enough scripture in each of the sermons that I preach that you can just use those for your devotional time during the week. All you have to do is ask and just follow along with the notes and uh, they're there for you. So I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 1 verses 6 through 11. It says, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Again, after the resurrection, after Easter, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates. The Father has set by his own authority. That's not for them to know. That's not for us to know the times or the dates. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. All right. Now, the next verse is our theme verse. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back and in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. I, I love the whole visual here. So here they're, they're waiting for Jesus to usher in the kingdom, for Israel's kingdom to be reestablished. They were kind of short-sighted in their view. They thought this was the time, but it wasn't the time. And it's not about the kingdom of Israel. It's about the kingdom of God being established. And so here they are, they're waiting, and then Jesus blesses them. He says, it's not for you to know. And as he's blessing them, they look up and hear he's ascending into heaven right before their very eyes. So they're standing there with their mouths open. And I'm guessing they were standing there so long, God, God said to the angels, you better go tell them uh, it's time to move along. They were just stunned. And so the angels had to appear to them and said, fellas, he's coming back. You, you, you'll see him again. Okay. I, I love the visual of that. You saw him ascend. You'll see him descend again. I can't imagine the looks on their faces. Can you imagine all that they had been through in these last 40, 40-ish days? They had seen him arrested crucified, risen from the dead. He taught them the things of the kingdom. Now they were thinking the kingdom is, is coming now, and he just 
rises up before them. I believe literally he rose up before them. Uh, that's the ascension, ascension. So Jesus was going back to heaven. Uh, his disciples saw it. He didn't come to earth that way. Remember, he came to earth as a, as a baby, but now he ascends back into heaven as a full-grown man that they recognized. And he's going to come back again, which I'm going to talk to you about. Okay, let me read you the eight points that I have today. Now, listen, last week, if you were listening, I did seven points. And some of you were amazed. You don't have to tell me who, but if I look through, I know who you are. You're amazed that I got through seven points in such a short amount of time. So what I did this week is I added an eighth. I added an eighth point. In reality, I just started listing things as I was reading, praying, preparing, and I didn't count them, and I ended up with eight. Okay, uh, so let me read them to you quickly, and then I'll break them down even quicker. My hands will move faster. My, my, my lips will move faster because I want you to catch all of this. Number one, Jesus had accomplished his earthly mission. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Number three, he sends the Holy Spirit. Number four, he is interceding for us. Number five, he's preparing a place for us. He is building his church. Number seven, the ascension reminds us that he is coming back again. And number eight, which ties into last week, the ascension teaches us to wait, to wait. Okay, so the first blessing of the ascension is that Jesus accomplished all that needed to be accomplished while he was on earth. Jesus came to preach, to teach, to heal, and to die, and to rise again. When he was on the cross, the second to the last word he said before he said, Father, I commit my spirit into your hands, he said this, it is finished. That his work on earth, his work to pay the price for our sins that we might be forgiven was accomplished on the cross. Excuse me. And then he said, it is finished. Jesus was able to ascend back to heaven because his work on earth was completed. Now, I love this thought and the blessing that is to us is there's nothing else that we can add to Jesus's finished work on the cross. Now, we receive Christ because of his grace through faith. Okay, He extends grace to us, we believe, and then we receive salvation. But we don't have to earn salvation, we receive it as a gift. We don't have to work for our salvation, we receive it as a gift. The works come after that because we are saved. We don't work to be saved, we work because we are saved. Why do we serve here at the church? Why do we serve uh, family and friends? Why do we serve God in every area of our life? Because we are saved. We're not trying to gain his favor. His favor is upon us because of what Jesus has done. And Jesus completed the work that the Father sent him to do. Number two, Jesus is no longer on the cross. I don't care for the images of Christ on the cross. The cross is a great reminder, but he's not on the cross anymore. He's not in the tomb anymore. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is no longer limited by humanity. Instead, he is back into glory. All power, 
All authority is given to Jesus. He is seated in glory. Look how Revelation describes him. This is what, if we can say, this is what Jesus looks like now. In Revelation 1, 13 through 15, like a son of man, and that speaks of majesty, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, representing holiness. As white as snow, and his eyes were a blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Jesus' power, glory, and majesty are no longer veiled by humanity. He sits, he sits at the right hand of the Father as conqueror. Number three, because Jesus ascended back to heaven, he sends the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 5 and 6, Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. So Jesus said he was uh, going to be arrested, he was going to die. On the third day he would rise again, and then he was going to go back to the Father. And they were filled with grief. But he goes on to say, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Now they're thinking, how can it be for our good that you're going away? Maybe maybe you've had thoughts, well, why didn't Jesus just stay on earth? Because while he was on earth, his humanity veiled his glory. His ultimate purpose wasn't to stay on earth. His ultimate purpose was to come down from glory and go back to glory, okay? Having defeated the enemy. But he tells the disciples, listen, it's better that I go away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And we know the counselor is the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. Okay? Now watch this. When Jesus was on earth, when he was in Jerusalem, he was only in Jerusalem. When he was in Samaria, he was in Samaria. Again, he was limited by his humanity. Now he's in glory the right hand of the Father, all majesty and power, the enemies have been made his footstool, then he sends the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. So the Holy Spirit does lots of things, but a couple of the things in this passage in John, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. But for the believer, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our guide. He's our counselor. He's our teacher. He's our empowerer. The Holy Spirit does all of these things. When Jesus ascended, he told them, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send another comforter, another counselor to be with you. The fourth blessing of the ascension is he is interceding for us. And that means Jesus is praying for us. Can you imagine? He is standing in the gap on our behalf. Now, these passages are in Hebrews uh, 4, 14 through 16. Let me read them very, very quickly. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who has gone through the heavens, right? Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Came down from heaven, back to heaven. He's gone through the heavens. For we do not have a high priest that's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted in every way, just as we are. When we call out to God, when we 
when we pray, Jesus is interceding because he knows what we're going through. Okay? But he did it without sin. That's what makes him different. It wasn't that he wasn't tempted. It's just that he did it without sin. And because of that, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The high priest in the Old Testament was God's representative to the people, and he was also the people's representative to God. So watch, from God to the high priest to the people, from, from the people through the high priest to God. Now Jesus is that high priest. We don't need an earthly high priest. I'm not your mediator. I'm not your advocate as your pastor. I, I advocate for you in that regard. But you don't need me to get to the throne of God. You can go to the throne of God yourself. Why? Because of what Jesus has done. Please catch this. Please catch this. You can go to Jesus yourself. Not that I won't partner with you and other friends and family will partner with you and agree with you, but I'm not the answer to your prayers. Listen, if you're if you're hoping Pastor Sabella is the answer to your prayers, you're you're in a whole lot of trouble. The good news is is you don't have to go through me. Go right to God. We pray in our heavenly Father in Jesus name. Jesus is that mediator. He's the interceder on our behalf. You present your request to God. Okay. The next part of it is, oh, I'm never going to get through this. Why did I go with eight points? Okay, I can't read all those scriptures. Hebrews 7.23 through 26. You'll have to read that on your own. Hebrews 7.23 through 26. Uh, but here's what else is going on in heaven. The devil is accusing us. He's the accuser of the brethren. He brings up all of our sins. Guess what Jesus does? He's our mediator. He's our lawyer, attorney advocate. He blocks the devil's attempts because all of our sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a great uh, commercial, uh, Geico commercial of Dikembe Mutombo blocking shots. Have you seen it? He's in a grocery store and a kid tries to throw the uh, cereal box and he blocks that shot. And it's, it's hysterical. It's an old commercial, but getting a new run uh, in it. If you haven't seen it, it's tremendous. Listen, this is in a sense what Jesus does. The enemy hurls accusations and Jesus says, my blood's covered that. Well, what about this? Uh, my blood is sufficient for that. And the enemy reminds us of our sins and he tries to bring those sins before the Father and Jesus stands in the way and says, no, it's all been covered. It's all been paid for in full. God the Father won't hold any of these sins against you because you've been forgiven. He intercedes for us. He prays for us. He mediates. Okay, number five. You still there? Give me a give me a yes on there. Give me a yes. It's hard to not have any reaction when, when you're preaching. I'm still getting used to speaking to a screen. Give me a yes or an amen or a PTL or something on there. Uh, keep going. Keep preaching. Or if you're honest, uh, wrap it up. Land the plane. Land the plane. No, don't write that. You'll hurt my feelings. Number five. I love this one. I love all of these. That's the, what the problem is. As I was preparing this, I'm thinking I could do an eight-week series just on uh, these eight points. Okay, But I'm doing eight points in one week. All right. He's preparing a place for us. 
Jesus told his disciples this in John 14, uh, 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Keith Green, who was a great singer-songwriter uh, that unfortunately passed in the 1980s. If you're of my age, you know who Keith Green is. And he wrote a song, Jesus created the earth in six days, but he's been working on heaven for 2,000 years. Uh, how awesome is that? Jesus is preparing a place for you. Now, let me tell you something that's a little bit different than how I used to think and maybe how you think. We're not going to have our own houses necessarily. That's not what this means. Um, what it means, these dwelling places, uh, it, in, in, let, me, let me put it this way. In the first century time, the father would have a house and then he would build from there rooms for his children. You see where I'm going? What's going to happen in heaven is he has rooms in his own house for us. Think of that. We're not outsiders. We're not outside of the family of God. We're part of the family of God. We're sons and daughters of God. So Jesus went to prepare a place in the Father's house for us. We will have a room attached to the Father's house to have direct access to the Father, to have uh, all of our needs met because of the Father. We're not going to be separated in different houses and different places and all of these other things. We're going to have a place attached to the Father's house house and Jesus is preparing a place for us now. That's good news. That's good news. Okay, number six, he is building his church. What's Jesus doing now? He's interceding for us. He's preparing a place for us and he's building his church. Watch in Matthew 16, 15 through 18. But what about you? He said, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ the son of the living God. Jesus replied this, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, this is important. Peter is not the rock of the church. The rock of the church is the statement that you are the Christ, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the foundation of the church. No man is the foundation of the church. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the foundation. The fact that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, is the foundation of the church, and he will build his church on that foundation, and the gates of hell will not be able to to prevail against it. Can I tell you something? The church gets a lot of grief. I don't mean our church. I mean the church universal gets a lot of grief and has been attacked for 2,000 years. But no one can thwart or stop the church because the church is not ours. It's Jesus's church. And the gates of hell will not prevail 
against the church. There is no government. There is no dictator. There are no powers in hell that can stop the church of Jesus Christ. And he is building his church right now. Don't fear for the church. Love the church. Support the church. Pray for the church. But don't fear for the church. It's Jesus' church. And no one can stop Jesus' work from being completed. God's will will be done. And Jesus is building his church. Number seven. The ascension reminds us... this. You see how this is all good news? The disciples are thinking, oh no, he's leaving us again. No, it's good news. It's good news. He's not stopped working. The ascension reminds us that he's coming back. Remember the angels came and said, why do you stand here looking in the sky? Move along, fellas. This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven, he will come back again. He will come back in the same way. Listen, Jesus will visibly return to earth someday. Now we believe, oh boy, I don't have time for all this. Uh, I'll give you the quick version. Just as there were, were there's, there's two parts. There's two parts to his return. The first is the rapture where we go up to him. The second is the second coming where we come down with him. At his second coming, he will come down to earth. His feet will be planted on the earth again. His ascension showed us that he is he left that they can see him. He'll return and all people will be able to see him. Revelation 1, 7 and 8. Look, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him. And all the people of the earth will mourn because him of him, so shall it be. Amen. And then Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. Jesus is in essence saying, I started this world and I'll end it when I want to. People live in fear, unfortunately, about this and that and the, what's going on in the world and what's going on with this and and all of these other things that the this world system just brings fear into our heart. Listen, Jesus spoke the world into existence, and when it's time, he'll take care of this world. I just want to be on his team. Stop, sorry, stop worrying about what only God can do. Stop worrying about what only God can do. You ain't God. My apologies to English teachers around the world. You ain't God. I ain't God. He's God. Oh, for grace to trust him more. He is the Alpha and Omega. I started this world. I'll end it when I want to, but I'm going to end it by ushering in a new heaven and a new earth unpolluted by sin, and my people will dwell with me for all eternity. Amen. Number eight. You there? All right. The, asc the ascension teaches us to wait. Remember last week we talked about that and we hate that word wait? I still hate the word wait, but the ascension teaches us to wait because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. But not only are we to wait, we're to wait, we're to watch, and we are to be ready. I'm sure you've all had packages delivered to your house. 
Um, that's just the way things are now through whatever company you use. Have you ever gotten back to your house after you've been at work and there's a note on the door that says, we tried to deliver, but you weren't home and you missed the package. Now, this is a weak example, but here's the deal. It is possible not to be ready for the Lord's return. Matthew 25 talks about the 10 virgins. Five were ready and five weren't, and the five missed it. The Ascension teaches us to wait, but while we're waiting, we must be watching and praying and waiting and long for his return. How many times have I said throughout this past year, even so, Lord Jesus, come, we're longing for his return. The Ascension teaches us to wait, but make sure you're ready when he comes. That's what Jesus taught. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. Be ready. Be ready when he comes. I want all of you to be ready when Jesus comes. Because I want you to receive all of the blessings, not just of the ascension, but all of the blessings that God has in store for you for all eternity. Be ready. Be ready. The eight blessings of the ascension. Maybe you've never thought this much about the ascension, but it was good that Jesus went back up to heaven. Now, lastly, and I really do have to finish, uh, Jesus left no documents behind that were written in his hand. Did you ever notice that? He left no artifacts behind. And I think the reason he did that is because whatever he would have left behind, we would have worshipped that instead of him. What he did leave behind were people. People filled with the Holy Spirit that would be witnesses for him. We're going to get to this in the next couple of weeks. That's what God has called you to do while we're waiting, to be filled with the Spirit and to be witnesses. Watch. We're waiting, we're watching, and we're witnessing for who Jesus is. All right, that's it. I got more, but I got to stop. Got to stop. Got another service to go to. Let me pray for you. Lord, there were some today that needed to hear this. They needed to hear that everything's going to be all right, and your ascension proves that everything is going to be okay. The tomb is empty, but the throne isn't. You're on the throne, seated at the right hand of the Father. You are interceding for us. You're preparing a place for us. You're building your church. You sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to comfort us, to counsel us, to help us. And Lord, we are waiting for your return. And we're longing for your return to make things right. But while we wait, we will worship because you alone are worthy of praise. And we love you today. Just, just fill your people today with your presence. Go to them wherever they're at. Some need a healing touch. Would you touch them and heal them right now, Lord God? The internet doesn't limit you. You're unlimited. Go to each home right now. Minister to each person that's listening in that home in a way that only you can. Touch their heart right where they need it, Lord. I would ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app 
in the App Store.